The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And with no dynamite this Wednesday, we thought maybe you wrestling fans out there would be interested in... Um, hearing some talk about AEW. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the episode from this past Friday night. Um, and also probably just hit on some other topics related to AEW and and moving forward and, and kind of some things that we're thinking about. So that's what we're going to do. Stock up, stock down. So we're going to begin by talking about what I think is the biggest news in the AEW sphere at the moment, which is the debut of Andrade del I- El Idolo. I always I want to say Del because of Alberto Del Rio, but that's not right. Andrade El Idolo. Um, and uh, he came out and along with Vicky Guerrero interrupted Mark Henry, uh, who before he was interrupted, managed to say that he's here to turn the screws. And I don't know what that means because I'm not a listener to Busted Open Radio. (laughs) So, um, yeah. But Andrade is all elite. Uh, This feels like a big deal. Yeah, it's... God, he was released back in March. Uh, It's been a... uh, Can't believe it's already June, but... um, yeah, this this is big. He's probably was one of the biggest uh, free agents out there. I know we've had a a string of WWE cuts here over the last two months, three months, um, and I think from a a in ring style perspective, he's just a perfect fit for what AEW does, what AEW wants to do, and he he walks in as as an immediate. Um, I don't want to say put him in the main event scene right away, but he has that gravity already. Um, he has the look that I think you want in wrestling. He also, um, you know, we talked about Joel last week, how they have Pentagon, they have Phoenix. You can never have too many luchadors in a company. And he is one of the best ones uh, out there. And also one of the best ones that could translate to an American audience. So um, I think it's, I think it's a coup. I, I really think it's uh, one of their biggest, um, most impactful signings since the company formed. Um, I don't know if we need to bring in every ex WWE guy. Uh, we've seen a lot released over the, since AW formed and not everyone made their way to AW. So when they do pick people from the other wrestling company to, to come over, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to make an impact and that they're worth it. So um, yeah, this is awesome. I, I, the dream matches here, Joel, like, we just texted back and forth when we found out about this, like Omega hangman, uh, the bucks, like Moxley, everyone, everyone it's, it's incredible. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. I, I can't wait because one of the things I love about Andrade is his charisma. He's got that Eddie Guerrero, like swagger in the way that he moves around. I'll never forget the first time I saw him do the, um, the kind of ring ropes catch spot where he gets into the reclined tranquilo position mm-hmm. in the ropes and, um, you know, looks like he's going to go flying out of the ring, but instead he catches himself and like just poses. And I think that the match that I most want to see is Andrade and Orange Cassidy. 
Like that's the top of the top for me right now because it, the two of them, their styles would work so well together. They're both really quick. They're both very versatile and they can both work in that kind of charisma driven wrestling match. So it doesn't have to be all about the spots. It can be more about their characters and how they express that in the ring. So um, I'm really, really excited to see what they do with him. As of right now, he has no opponents. There's no anything announced for um, what he's going to be doing. But I think we're going to be seeing a lot of him as he cut a promo in the ring. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty cool. He always had a mouthpiece in the other mm-hmm. wrestling company and never really got to say very much. So um, I really liked his delivery. I know English is not his first language. And, and so it was cool that he was able to get some of the nuances of timing and and selling that uh, drama of what he was talking about. So really dug that. And uh, I liked his, you know, simple message, right? Like I'm already the face of Latinos, but I'm going to be the face of all elite wrestling. And um, I'm, I'm just excited. He's really, really good. Yeah, he, he's super talented. And I, I do like the... Um the the teaming here with with Vicky Guerrero I guess she's not really too upset about losing out on Jade Cargill uh a few weeks ago because she she signed a pretty badass client here and I know a lot of people kind of get tired of Vicky but man she can be a heat-seeking missile if she's used the right way um so I hope that Andrade gets to kind of handle his his promos himself going forward but not a bad person to have on his side and Man, I yeah, they could go a lot of different ways here. You know, um, you don't have to thrust them into a title picture right away. You could have them feud with, like you said, like an Orange Cassidy or even something with one of the Lucha Bros. You know, like establish dominant dominance as the premier Luchador in in AEW. Um, and what I like about this too is that we were we didn't know at first was this like a full time signing? Is he gonna, you know? do spot dates, but no, he, he is fully under contract with all elite wrestling. Um, there's some rumors about whether he was given creative control or not. Those turned out to be false. So, um, but the fact that he is going to be basically a full-time AEW performer, uh, is really exciting. And he, he has a title match with Kenny Omega in, uh, Mexico in August for the triple a mega champion. I can never remember exactly which one that yes, one's it's called. Triple a mega championship, mega championship. Uh, that's in August. So, you know, it'd be interesting if they kind of incorporate him a little bit with Omega here over the next few months building up to that match, even though it won't be a, a match on AEW television. But um, yeah, it's just another uh, amazing piece to add to the to the AEW toolkit. And we are you worried at all that he could kind of take the Lance Archer route or like or I guess the. The the comparison is: Do you do you think they go the mirror route with him, where they build him up great, <laughs> or the Archer route? Because that really, those are the two like I think extreme examples uh, over the last year. I don't think I don't think his path is going to be similar to either of those guys. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the meteoric rise that we saw from Miro, where he basically had one feud with the best friends. And then as soon as that feud resolved, he got a title match with Darby, won the belt, 
and now is dominating everybody. I mean, I that, don't think that feud we're going to see... last like six months. Like that feud lasted yeah. a long time, <laughs> but it was still one feud, one story, uh, pretty quick to get the belt. I mean, he's only been in the company for a little over six months at this point, and to already be holding, you know, the TNT Championship feels pretty fast, especially given the pacing of how belts work in AEW. Um, similarly, I, I, I don't think he's going to be like Lance Archer where, you know, a year and a half in, we're like, when is this guy going to get a signature win? I think that signature win is going to come much earlier on. And, uh, you know, the nice thing about AEW system is that he d- can't just automatically be at the top. He's got to rack up some wins because they have the whole ranking system thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to see him kind of make his bones in AEW before he's going to be put into that kind of situation. Unless they do like an open challenge or something like that, which you could see. But I don't think Kenny is ready to drop the belt anytime soon. I, I don't think it would make sense for Miro to drop a belt anytime soon. Uh, so you know, maybe he could team up with somebody and and go for the tag belts, but I, I don't think he needs to be in a championship picture within, I'll say, the first three months at least of his time mm. in AEW. So, you know, when we start rolling around to All Out, maybe around then we can start talking about putting him in a championship match. Yeah, I like to see him against some sort of established opponent where we can get a match like Hangman Page and Brian Cage have had here. Um, over the last month, you know, no real, you know, title stakes at hand, but really just a showcase of what they can do, what he can do. Um, and yeah, I think once Cassidy, you know, Cassidy and the best friends could have promoted tonight saying they're not done with Kenny, but the best friends and Cassidy would be a great start. Um, trying to think of like baby faces that kind of like a feud with Darby Allen right off the bat could possibly be fun. Like, use Darby Allen to kind of get him some heat right off the bat. So, well, that's actually kind of interesting off the top because uh, skipping into something I was going to talk about lightning mm-hmm. round, but I think it makes sense to talk about it here. Darby Allen was issued a challenge by Scorpio yep. sky and Ethan page to choose anyone on the roster, not named sting to be Darby's tag team partner against ego and sky. So I think, it would be interesting to have kind of Andrade make his in-ring debut in that match and team up with Darby Allen. And then, you know, after the match, maybe, you know, we could see a situation like Darby Allen stealing the pin um, or Andrade stealing the pin because he wants the glory. And then the two of them kind of spin off into feuding with one another. Uh, so that's a possibility. I don't know that I want that because I want Darby and Ethan Page to be locked up for mm-hmm. a while. Um, I really like the energy of, of that pairing. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways he could be incorporated in. I think the simplest thing is to have him run afoul of a faction. And we've seen how well AEW can string that out to establish a character, get us to buy in, and give them some quality matches and quality opponents to keep him busy for a while. Yeah. And I think with him too, is I don't, I don't want to look at him as, is he a face or is he a heel quite yet? Cause a, we don't know how they're going to use him and also be a, like, he just, he has a heel look. So I don't want to typecast him into that. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't, don't think, think he, I, 
I don't think his look skews necessarily heel. I think his his look is just cool. He just I don't know, looks man. The, cool. The real fancy suit, him got the big luchador necklace, him holding out the jacket to show off El Idolo on the inside. Like that I, that's I just some think heel he mannerisms cool. there, man. He looks cool, I, but like he can still be a dick looking cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just don't think we know yet. Right. I think he's yeah. got a look that could go either direction. Yeah. And that's kind of make, that's why it's kind of hard for me to kind of pinpoint who I want him to face right away. Cause we don't really know how they're going to position him. now going to the Vicky Guerrero situation. Nyla Rose kind of turned on Britt Baker a little bit in that championship celebration, you know, knocked the cheeseburgers out of everyone's hands and, she seems like a very natural first contender to uh, Britt Baker. So if Vicky and and Nyla are going to maybe play a little bit of the kind of babyface role in that feud, maybe that translates a little bit to an Andrade here at first. So, um, but you know, it's going to be really exciting. It's just another the talent on this roster is just so fucking deep now that like you're wondering where everyone's going to fit and. And Tony Khan mentioned last week or the week before with the announcement of Stampede that uh, it's not Stampede, Rampage. Rampage uh, won't be a throwaway show. And that because of that and because of the commitments that they have with TBS and TNT, that the roster will be expanding. And if this is like the first sign of that roster expansion, like who knows where they could go with some of the talent that we know is available out there. So plus all the partnerships they have with all these other companies that they apparently are working with. So um, I I think that's pretty much everything we can say about this. Joel, unless you have anything uh, else you want to talk about and regarding Andrade. Yeah, let's, let's move on. I could talk more, but I mean, I could just spend the <laughs> entire episode talking about how much I love Andrade and Hey, how about that match he had with Alistair black? I mean, you know, there's, there's so much to talk about there, but let's move on. Uh, my favorite match on this card was actually the opening match between the Young Bucks and Penta and Pac. And I loved it because it wove in so many different things that are going on right now. So this was the payoff to Penta and Pac winning the number one contenders. Was it a battle royal that they won? It's been, it was, uh, it was so a fatal long ago way. now. It was, fa- it was a fatal four-way. Yeah, fatal four-way. God. So they won that match. Wow. <laughs> and <laughs> this was... This was their promised title match that's kind of been in the weeds for a while. And so we kind of got the resolve of that. And then we got Frankie Kazarian getting involved, continuing to act as the elite hunter. After the match, the Young Bucks, after winning, were acting the heel role. And who came to make the save but Eddie Kingston, who has history with Penta and pack. So we had all of these different things that are going on that all culminated in one match. And it just felt like really, really great storytelling. Mike, what did you think of this match and all of the surrounding kerfuffle? I mean, there's not really much to say about the match because we know the match was good. Like uh death triangle and the young bucks put on a, what a minus match with very little builds. Like it was great. These guys know how to work. Uh, I could watch them work all the time, you know, and Joel, you know, usually I'm not a huge fan of these story, like these segments where they just shoehorn as many people in it as they can. Cause there was a lot of people involved here, but in this instance, it worked because the kind of randomness and sneak attacks that Kazarian does, like it makes sense for him to be 
and these type of segments. And it seems obvious now that with how pregnant Renee is at the moment that the quadruple BTE triggers was probably a way to get Moxley off of TV for a little bit. So we thought that would happen two months ago. That that appears to be the case now. And 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 Kingston isn't done here. He's not done with the elite. And so it, it makes sense. It it's all stuff that we've talked about in the past of how do you keep the numbers against a faction like this when you don't have a faction that size competing against them? You make you make partners where you can. Um and Kazarian and Kingston is a very natural pairing that I would like to see. Uh in the storyline, obviously teaming with the death triangle again is another, uh, natural thing here. So, um, it's, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I like how AEW can, how do I say the stretch a feud, but keep it fresh by adding new elements and new variables to it. Kingston has been feuding with them since revolution in February. Like it's been four months and you keep adding these different, uh, twists and turns to it. And you know, Mock uh, Kingston's still on goal is he wants to beat down Omega, but they have to go through the lackeys. So um, it's it's keeping it fresh, and I like that. I'm still interested. I'm invested. Yeah, what you're talking about reminds me of how other serialized TV shows work, right? Mm-hmm. Like every episode has its own story, but then you have stories that are going on over the course of an entire season. And those stories aren't always in the foreground of every episode. And they involve different characters and people weave in and weave out of them. And it's one of the ways in which, although AEW said they were going to go for a more sports presentation, they've succeeded in creating a show that feels more like a weekly episodic TV show that's scripted without feeling scripted. Uh, mm-hmm than wwe does like i I think they're making the best version of a show that vince would want to produce right because it does have the feel of uh more storytelling from week to week and stories that actually last for longer than you know a six-week period and we pick back up with things and people have history in a way that you don't feel like the announcers need to talk about it on air because it's just part of this ongoing experience Mm -hmm. that we're having. And uh, the callbacks to things that happened earlier, it's all very reminiscent of just watching, uh, you know, a a drama and not necessarily a soap opera, but a drama on TV. Yeah. It's uh, they respect their continuity. They they respect the established um, canon. Like, uh, you, you, we know uh, Kingston basically bailed on his family, the family, with the Moxley story. So, of course, the Death Triangle is pissed. Like, you, you didn't really care about us once you got back together with Moxley. Like, what the fuck? Um, and I also like, too, that stories just don't end at the pay-per-view. Like... That, that's a very WWE thing is, oh, we had our match now completely new stuff uh, on the following Monday. Like it was very tough sometimes to have these stories kind of it just they always felt like a natural end date in WWE. And I don't think we have that real issue here because sometimes feuds don't make it to the next pay-per-view if they've been going on for a while. They can end on TV. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was the expectation in the other wrestling show was that a big match at a pay-per-view would end a story, but then it seldom actually played out that way. Uh, And I think what we see is that we get closure because we get clean finishes in AEW, but then the stories don't have to end. But it still Mm -hmm. feels like we got that satisfying moment and we can move on from that. We still have not had a disqualification in like a title match in AEW. it hasn't happened yeah. uh it, we we don't get the kind of bullshit finishes that used to drive us absolutely crazy when we were both watching wwe and um it also keeps me more in the moment when i'm watching a match because you don't have the foreshadowing of oh this is how the match is going to end because this person is just going to run in and get their partner disqualified so that they Mm -hmm. hold on to the belt. And now I actually get drawn in more to where I'm wondering at any given moment, like, is the title going to change? I had no uh, thought going into this match that the Bucks might drop the belts. And then there were multiple times in the match where it looked like, okay, that could do it. You know, Mm -hmm. this could, the match could end this way and we could have a surprise title change. And, you know, maybe I'm a sucker, maybe I'm naive, but I get that feeling, um, even if maybe in the back of my mind, I know it's not going to happen. I still get that feeling when I'm watching the matches. And that was one of the things I loved about this match to bring it back around. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and related to this, I do think that I want to see the Bucks lose the belts to someone here because I think, I think the shtick might be running a little old (laughs) like it's been going on for a while um and i think if you put the belts on another team even if it's for a short period of time this is why we i was advocating for moxley and kingston to win it is that they can kind of take advantage of beating this you know high heat uh nuclear heat heat bucks right now and the longer that they keep winning with these kind of cheapish ways or then the post-match beatdowns i think I th- I don't know. I don't know if it builds as good as well. I think I think the time to have them drop the belts was two weeks ago. So um not sure who the contenders are. Uh did see Proud and Powerful talking about how they kind of want some gold in their lives too. So that would be my choice if we're gonna have a new team enter the conversation to try and get the belts off those guys. Um have we but, seen that match yet? I don't feel like we have it, seen they the Bucks versus the, Santana and Ortiz for the titles. I don't so I don't believe so. They attacked the Bucks at All Out 2019 when they debuted. Then they immediately joined the inner circle. And then the Bucks didn't hold the belts until um like spring of 2020 for the first time. No, uh, it was later than that. Spring of 2020 was when Adam Page and Omega won the belts from SCU. I thought they won it from the Bucks. I thought they, oh no, they defended against the Bucks. Yeah. So they didn't win. Yeah. Way later. So yeah, I don't think we've seen this match in uh, AEW and I don't think we may have seen them as a team versus each other once or twice. I know they were in the stadium stampede match too, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't recall seeing that match. And we know that's, that's the that's one of their money matches they have in the tag division, um, and that would that would make me really happy to actually see them in that division. And 
take the belts off the Bucks because I I don't know about you, but I'm kind of growing tired <laughs> of the Bucks as, and I guess that's the point. I'm not supposed to like the Bucks anymore. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to hate how they're doing it. Um, but I think they're missing some great opportunities to get some of these other teams uh, some hype. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the inner circle. Well, let's let's jump into lightning round because we we can talk okay. more about the inner circle generally, and I want to talk about Santana and Ortiz. lightning round yeah so uh i I do i like that santana and ortiz seem refocused on the titles so i do think that's a pretty natural place to go uh and i'll I'll look forward to that because you know they don't have bad matches santana and ortiz they always deliver uh you know there was the parking lot fight that we didn't really think was going to be that interesting uh, between Santana and Ortiz and the best friends. That's one of my favorite matches in all of AEW history. Like that was phenomenal. And I look forward to them having more high profile matches that give us those sort of feelings. So um, I look forward to that. I'm, I know we're, we're differing on this one, but I'm very intrigued by this Jake Hager, Wardlow cage fight. And uh, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they do that. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it comes to the presentation. Like, obviously, they can't do a legit shoot street fight here, a cage fight here, because someone would probably die. As long as it's not presented like Raw Underground from last fall. I don't know if you ever saw those clips where it was like. Nope, never yeah. saw it. It I was had already stopped watching at that awful, point. Awful, awful. So as long as it's not that, I'm sure it will be fine. And if this is the path the Inner Circle Pinnacle uh, story is going to go, where the individual members are feuding with like a respective individual member on the other side instead of the big, we have to do these big team matches, because then I think I'm okay with it. Like If Sammy's going to continue to face off with Sean Spears and certain things, and Jericho was talking about how he wanted to beat MJF, cool that's i think that's a better way to handle this an easy way to keep the feud going between like proud and powerful and ftr is to get them involved in the title picture here like trying to make sure they're in the ranking so they can face the bucks like have the bucks say hey we we need a contender both teams come out and then they fuck put them in a three out of five (laughs) winner of that becomes a number one contender for the bucks like That'd be incredible. So if that's how this is going to be, because, you know, Joel, I'm out on this feud. I I don't know how you have two huge, significant gimmick matches and blood and guts and stadium stampede. And this is still going on. I if this is if this is the path, then I th- I think it's I think it will work. It just depends on how they execute it. Yeah, I agree. Um, what what else? What do you want to talk about from a lightning round perspective? I'm really excited for this. Christian Matt Hardy match I feel we're gonna get here soon because the 90s and early 2000s kid in me is like yes and I really wish for one night only they would like Matt would go back to rocking his like late 90s you know the the fishnet on the arms and Christian would get those glasses that go like on top of his head that him and Edge used to wear <laughs> around and if Christian could come out to the ring with Mick Foley playing kazoo's uh i think i'd be really happy like let's just fucking make this a throwback match but even if it's not that i think these are two 
awesome guys. And if you're going to have veterans like this in the company, give us some fan service and let them have a match. It's been a minute since we've gotten a Matt Hardy cinematic match. And I think what might be fun would be to see Matt get increasingly more and more frustrated with Christian and, and, you know, his Hardy family office suffering losses, which keeps happening uh, and have it cause a break where, you know, he goes back to being broken Matt Hardy for a bit. And then let's get a Christian and Matt Hardy deletion match. Uh, I, I think it'd be super fun. They're both incredibly creative guys. They have a long, long history with one another and it would allow them to have like, just a a big epic match between the two of them mm-hmm. that isn't limited by their, for lack of a better way of saying it, their age and the mileage that they have. Um, and that's, I think the beauty of cinematic style matches is that you can do stuff that, you know, these guys aren't going to go out and give us a 45 minute Iron Man match. In I think the Christian, ring. I think Christian could, I don't know about Matt Hardy. I think Christian could. Just I mean, saying. I think I Christian's been a much better worker than Matt Harder. Matt Hardy. I know right. some of it is selling, but he looks gassed at the end of <laughs> matches. Like he this really is... does. And, and, and he should be right. He <laughs> absolutely should be. But I think, you know, I, I would love to have one that was just the entire second hour of dynamite. You know, he, he, if we're going to fantasy book, this uh, cinematic match, I want it to be similar to the, how they handled the John Cena. Uh, Bray Wyatt um, cinematic match from Mania a few years ago oh, where like rad. it like went that. through Cena's career have Matt and Christian fight at different parts of this match as different parts of their careers so have them start off have them both wearing their brood outfits then you break it to like the TLC era then we get like Christian Cage versus whatever version of Matt Hardy was an impact at the time like adjust the match and like have it kind of be like this is your life We've been entangled since the beginning. We were always the number two person on our tag team. Like, let's be real. WWE was always pushing Edge or Jeff over them. Like, fucking make it make it happen. This would be so fun. That'd so, be, I, I'd be down for that. That'd be cool. Yeah. So long story short, that's one of my lightning round items. I love that they're they're having them cross paths here. And they... I feel like they're acknowledging the history without blatantly saying like, look, it's Matt Hardy and Christian in 2021. Like they're, they're doing small things to like hype it. And, and it makes me I'm really excited because I, I've always loved both of these guys. I met Matt Hardy as a kid. Christian's always been one of my guys. So screw it. Let's have some fun fan fan service in 2021. That was a long lightning round item, Joel. So what, what's something that you're, you're thinking about? I'm going to duck to some outside the ring news. Uh, there were, another round of releases uh, from WWE, including one that was just absolutely shocking to me, which is the release of Aleister Black. Um, I don't watch the other wrestling show anymore, but I'm aware that they had hyped up a new version of his character and debuted it like two weeks before he was released. Mm -hmm. So totally bizarre. He's someone that, I thought they were really high on based on how quickly he moved through NXT and got onto the main roster in big matches. Uh, You know, despite them putting him in a closet for months 
and you know waiting for someone to knock on the door uh which was terrible but tommy end is such an amazing talent and i know wherever he ends up he's gonna do great um but i man i'd love to see him in AEW. um yeah, I, it's one of those things, man. We don't want, we can't, we, they can't bring in every person who gets cut from WWE. You know, they just, you, you can't become TNA of the mid 2000s. You also don't want to burn all that cash. But yeah, no, Tommy End, Alistair Black would fit the AEW style a ton. Uh, fuck, one of my favorite NXT matches I saw in person was Andrade versus Alistair Black for the NXT title at TakeOver. Um, so if there's a path to make it happen, I would love for them to do it. Uh, Ruby Riot, I think we talked about offline, Joel, as another mm-hmm. person we would love to see in AEW. And maybe not right away, but even some sporadic appearances from like a guy like Braun Strowman, who has proven to be a moneymaker in WWE. Uh, have him come in to take, you know, there's not a lot of people on the roster that he could probably face just due to his sheer size. But I think there's possibilities there too. So uh, as long as AW continues to be smart with how they use these, uh, these release talent, like, like how they brought in Matt Cardona last year for a little bit. Like it was like five, six weeks, him helping Cody out. And then, okay, we'll, we'll see if something can happen in the future. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Tommy N to AW would be a, a fantastic signing. The one other outside of the ring piece is, um, uh, Leo Rush suffering an injury at Double or Nothing and subsequently announcing his retirement from professional wrestling. And um, just a bummer. And I hope mm-hmm. that, you know, it sounds like he's making the best decision for him and that he feels good about his decision. So I'm happy about that. But man, I just love watching this guy work. And you think about, I, I would have really loved to see Leo Rush versus Darby Allen. Uh, because I feel like you would have to watch that match in slow motion mm-hmm. to just to catch everything that would happen. 75% uh, so speed. It's uh it's totally disappointing. And I, I hate it for him that he suffered an injury and feels like he needs to cut his career short because I think he's only like 25 years he's 26. old. Or so. He's 26 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I, so just, you know what shame. they say in wrestling though, Joel never say never, uh, you know, could be retired for a few years and then get the itch or someone throws the bag at him. It's not inconceivable, but yeah, it's a little disappointing since he was the surprise at, of the um, casino battle Royal. There seemed to be a good understanding between AEW and NJPW on him working dates here. So um, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Um, I have only a, a, a few more things to talk about. Uh, the factory and the the nightmare family stuff. Ugh. I at least they kind of shifted the narrative from the United States versus UK this week. Like it really seemed like they transitioned this feud back to this is just because QT Marshall screwed uh screwed to Cody and 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 attacked him. So I'm glad they went that route, but. I, we talked, I, I mentioned how I was excited that if the point of the factory was to get over these younger talents, then it's a good thing. But I think we've seen two examples in the last two weeks of them putting those young talents in positions they're not ready for. Um, we talked about Okogo versus Cody at Double or Nothing, how 
for the most part, Okogo, you know, he was solid, but still seemed a little bit in over his head. And then Nick Camarado in this, uh, this, this cowbell match, bull rope match, whatever, whatever the actual title is. I don't know that match. It was fine, but he just, I've seen these matches before and it takes a lot of work to do these the right way. And I just think they missed it a little bit. I think it's tough, right? He's not as experienced, obviously, as as Dustin. And <laughs> no one is, Joel. <laughs> it's it's a really, really technical match because you can't just run around the ring the way you normally would. You have to worry about where the rope is and not getting tangled up. And there were a few times that the momentum of the match definitely got derailed. Overall, I really liked it. And I thought there were some some really good moments. Um, and I thought it was a big spot for Nick Camarado to be in the main event. Uh, and he got put over huge in that match. Some of the offense that he took from Dustin and just shrugged off, kicking out at one. Uh, I mean, there were some really cool things for him. And I really like that because he's someone that I want to see more of. I think he's a really interesting uh, wrestler within the company. Uh, but I agree. I mean, I I don't know that he's really been built up enough for that match to make sense as the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like the tag team match earlier in the night. And I liked Cody just getting knocked the fuck out by a go-go. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's some stuff to like. There's stuff that still needs improvement. Uh, but we're still in AEW terms fairly early on within how long this feud might end up being. So there's (laughs) a lot of room (laughs) for this to grow and and improve. And uh, hopefully that happens. I'm going to make a a sports metaphor here, Joel. You QT Marshall's the leader of this group. He has a bunch of young guys with him. In the NBA, you, you can't win with like one veteran and a bunch of young kids. Like you need a combination of veterans, young potential talent, and I think the factory desperately needs like a number two guy in that group who is a veteran that can do these type these type of things. Um, the best stuff between the factory and the Nightmare Family has included QT Marshall, like the match he had with Cody, the tag match he had on Friday night. It's because we know QT Marshall is I don't even know how many he's like a over a decade veteran in wrestling, and we know that he knows where to be, how to move around the ring, how to sell. And I think it would be really helpful for them to have that in the factory because you have that in the nightmare family. You have Cody, you have Dustin, two guys, you know, who can go out there and put on a great match uh, to do the right things. And if you're going to keep highlighting these younger guys, they're going to be exposed. And I I think I'm not sure who could be that person. Um, I don't know if, if it's something that they can do, but I feel like that's what this story is missing. So I was excited that we got Red Velvet back on Dynamite. Uh, It feels like it's been a really long time. I I think the last time we saw her in a match on Dynamite was against Jade Cargill. Um, I may be off on that, but that's the last one I remember. I thought she was on TV more recently than that, but you would know better than me. I'm not sure. She might have had a one-off match, um, but I, I can't. She definitely did, because I remember seeing her new gear with the apron uh, prior to Friday's episode. Uh, but this. Oh, felt yeah, she like... faced Serena Deeb last month for the NWA Women's Championship. That's right. Yeah, but that that's was right. she hadn't been on since. And that was her first time since Jade Cargill. 
Yeah. So um, we were getting a lot of Red Velvet for a while. And then after she lost to Jade, it kind of cooled down. And I feel like the women's division in general has been like in the past few weeks, not really getting a whole lot of TV time. So I'd like to see that come back around because it felt like we were getting some good momentum for a little while. And we had three separate stories going on in the women's division. And now it feels like we're, we're compressing back down to it's just Britt Baker uh, in the championship picture that we're, we're dealing with. So hopefully we can restore that a little bit. Um, but I really like this match. Allie is such a phenomenal talent and uh, really did a great job of putting Red Velvet over. And Red Velvet just gets better every time we see her in the ring. And mm-hmm. she's going to continue to improve and can be someone who can be a cornerstone of this division that you can build around. So really exciting. Love the match. Loved seeing her back on TV. Let's get more of that. Uh, did not know this. Uh, Serena D lost the women's title, uh, NWO show the other day. Oh shit. And this is her. I was going to say her tweet now makes more sense. Uh, she did two, she tweeted 222 days as the NWA women's champion. Hope I did NWA legacy proud onto the next challenge. So that would make sense. I was wondering what that tweet meant. I should have done a little more research. Uh, wonder if that means we get a little more of her and AEW going forward. Um, I think that's likely. I think she was always going to be like moving towards AEW more since she's a coach there. And um, I hope we do see more of her on AEW television. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I'm just going through the things here, trying to see if there's anything left that I want to talk about. I think I'm good, dude. You got anything left? Uh, just one thing. And it's really quick. Uh, I loved private party doing the five second pose mm-hmm. and forcing Christian to do the five second pose. And uh, I thought it was really, really fun. Enjoyed that match. Really excited that jungle boy is a major player and will be a major player at least until June 26th when he loses to Kenny Omega. It would be something if after all the big matches, title shots that jungle boy has lost, that he pulls the biggest upset in wrestling history. I, it would be crazy. If he does, I will lose my goddamn mind. Like you'll have to find a new co-host because I will just, I'll, I won't be able to talk about wrestling anymore. Yeah. I, I do think there is something to like the upset title win where you then put the belt back on the champion within like a week. If it's not overused and it's done sparingly, I think it can work and be impactful. Um, you know, we talk about how we hated Christian winning the title when Edge retired and then losing it to Randy Orton three days later. Well, that resulted into an amazing feud, one of the best feuds of Christian and Randy Orton's career, or even the Zack Ryder winning the ladder match at WrestleMania in Dallas, only to lose the Intercontinental title the next night. We got a big moment. It worked. And then we had a little, that Miz feud with Zack Ryder was pretty good for about six weeks. So um, do I think it will happen? No. But Jungle Boy defeating Kenny Omega and then losing the belt back a week later, I think would be fucking awesome. Just saying. All right, guys. Well, I think we have a show. Joel, I don't know if I texted you, but I said, why don't we keep this one short? Because we did it. We're doing it five days after the fact. And this is right along, right along our normal podcast time. So 
we were not as efficient as I hoped I would be. So we would be. Uh, we so. can't help ourselves. Yeah. So guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show, Twitter at OWS underscore pod. Follow us on the, all the places you can get your podcast, Apple podcast, tune in stitcher, Spotify. If, if there's a podcasting app, we're on it. Uh, rate and subscribe, email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. And, uh, Yes, that's yeah. It Joel. Uh, anything you want to say before I melt in this 80, 90 degree weather? Join the dark order. Join the dark order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline, and happy wrestling. Bye.